it's not real estate agents' faults. It's real estate school doesn't teach you anything about that. Real, actually, I don't even know what real estate school does teach you. What I realized is that no one had brokerages that were training them on anything related to personal branding or social media marketing that wasn't cringy and just, you know, Canva graphic, just sold, just listed. Yep. Like, that's what was happening when people were going to trainings. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Light It Up Podcast. We are thrilled to have with us today Candice Carcio Polo. Hope I said that right, Candice. hand move. That's you got it. it. I added a little oomph. Mm-hmm. So we're excited here because Candace is also a co-host of her own podcast. It's called Not Nice, Clever. We're talking about today branding, marketing, money, and manifesting. And Candace is also the owner of Elevate Design Studios, in addition to being a brand strategist for Sell It Serhant. Sell It Like Serhant. Sell It Like Serhant. Yeah. I had a lot there, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I did. And Candice, if you had to give your own intro, how would it look like? How would it sound like? It's sometimes fun when you do your own intro. I mean, I know your focus is brand strategy and yep. and you're helping agents. I mean, imagine being the brand strategist at Sell, Sell Like Serhant. You're not just doing brand strategy for the company, but you're also helping agents. Is that right? It's agents specifically. I help them build their personal brands and become memorable so that they can stop being on that hamster wheel of buying leads and then that just never ending, right? How do you get off that hamster wheel and really become recognizable in your community and beyond so that you never have to worry about where your next deal is coming from? Killer. Well said. And that makes sense. So you probably saw the gap of the marketing and the personal identification with or brand for the agents. So that's where Elevate came into place. Yeah, absolutely. So, so many of the real estate agents that I was working with are struggling because they are, you know, trying to find the right team and the right team was the one that was giving them leads, right? Mm -hmm. Or trying to find their next deal. And they were like having that desperate energy that, you know, doesn't connect to any, anyone. And really what they were lacking was the network. They were lacking relationships. They were lacking um, an understanding of what they are uniquely positioned to do that makes them memorable because I don't care if you guys ever hire me, you never have to hire me, but if you say my name in a room that matters, that's all I really need, right? And so I love to teach real estate agents, how do you stop worrying about the next transaction and start thinking on a bigger scale on how you're providing value to an audience, how you're being a resource to your audience. So they're so excited to say your name first anytime the topic of real estate comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So if your focus is brand strategy and you're a brand strategist, yeah. why real estate agents? Could you see us just like drowning? And you're Desperate. Like, These people need more help. <laughs> a hundred, These people need like, more help than anybody else. A hundred percent. And you know what? It's it's not real estate agents' faults. It's real estate school doesn't teach you anything about that. Real, Actually, I don't even know what real estate school does teach you. So what I realized is that no one in my local community, I was living in Las Vegas at the time, had brokerages that were training them on anything related to personal branding or social media marketing that wasn't cringy and just, you know, Canva graphic, just sold, just listed yep. stock photo of someone else's living room that doesn't even look like the community you actually serve. Like yeah. that's what was happening when 
people were going to trainings, right? And I was, I knew that that was bullshit. I knew that that was never going to get that agent where they wanted to be. And I worked with maybe two or three agents and I shifted their business in three to six months, total change in their business. And I was like, if I could do it for these people and we can see results this quickly, I think I'm going to niche down and hone in. And they started just sending their friends naturally to me. And that's really where I decided that, yes, I could help a lot of people with brand strategy. Pretty much anyone is in a sales position I could help. But real estate agents were, I could see the results so quickly. And I loved that, right? And also my parents are, well, my mom's an agent and my dad um, is an investor. So I think I've just like been in the real estate world for most of my life. So that's kind of how I landed there. We have to tune into her podcast. She's like a voice for, for radio. Yeah. Not radio, but you know, podcast. Spotify. Give a voice for Spotify. Podcast. For podcast. Well, it's a good thing we're doing this, huh? Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's All jump right. at the lightning so round. So lightning round where we okay. will hit you with some questions that have nothing to do with real estate or brand strategies. We just like to put people on the hot seat. Let's go. It's not that hot though. All right. What's one accomplishment you are most proud of? I'm most proud of being brave enough as a single woman to leave my job in education as a middle school history teacher and start my own consulting business. God bless you. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the worst job you've ever had? Ooh, worst job I've ever had. Um, I worked at Anchor Blue back in the day. I'm giving my age away. So I folded jeans. Like it used to be before that there was another name. I can't remember. Miller Miller's Outpost. Miller's Outpost. You know, I that? haven't heard of them. So, That's the problem. Either <laughs> of them. OK, well, basically, it's like where you go buy shirts and jeans and they have the jean walls. And it's like mm. if you're this size, you go on that column if you're at this. Right. And like I just folded jeans the whole time. It was I've worked in the shitty. mall in retail. It's not. Yeah. Fun. The best part about working in the mall is that you get discounts to the pretzel place. <laughs> <laughs> The wet, the Wetzel. What is it? Wetzel. Exactly. Yeah, I'm biting my tongue right now. Annie you, know, you, fucking, you know exactly what she's talking about. Something no, like I that. Know. No, I'm biting my tongue with you right now. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't like this question. If you could only keep three things from your home, what would you pick and why? Ooh, I have like a box of cards that anyone has ever given me, basically my entire life. And I, I love cards. I love if someone takes a moment to like write a personal note. Hmm. And so I'd probably grab that. Uh, my dog, obviously. And you're, there's assume, a dog coming. Yeah. I assume that my husband's just going to get out on his own. <laughs> so if that's the case, then uh, um, probably maybe pictures. Hmm. That's it. Tells a lot about somebody. Who are three people you want on your team if there was a zombie apocalypse? Okay. Um, well, obviously my best friend, because we'll laugh through anything like the world could be crumbling around us and we'll, we'll laugh and figure it the fuck out. Definitely my husband, because he's just like so freaking determined he'll make anything happen as well, but he won't be as funny as my bestie. So I got to bring my bestie along. And then the third person I would bring zombie apocalypse. Hmm. I'd probably bring my podcast partner. (laughs) (laughs) Because we we've just like made so much shit happen together, um, and we just we vibe. We understand each other's energy. We can communicate without actually having to communicate, and I feel like that would be a valuable tool in that scenario. Mm. That's pretty. That's pretty good. 
That's awesome. So let's jump into this a little bit. So how, I mean, obviously, you know, Ryan Serhant's one of the, you know, the top names as far as it goes with real estate agents throughout the country. How does somebody link up with him? How did you end up getting that position? I know you're doing much more than just, you know, yep. brand strategy for them, but yep. that's obviously one of the big things on your resume right now. How did you end up linking up with them and taking on that I position? Love, I love telling the story because guaranteed there are people listening who think that like teaming up with a brand like that is never is like way out of reach. And the reality of it is when I started my consulting business at first, I was just consulting pretty much anyone in a service based or sales based industry. And when I realized that I can turn around a real estate business in three to six months if the person was serious, I honed in and just started saying that that's who I help. I help real estate professionals. So I help people, mainly realtors, but some um, lenders as well. And when I started saying that, then people believed that about me, right? And they're like, oh, she specifically helps real estate agents. So they felt even better about hiring me just because I said that. I could have helped them the year before too, right? But since I named it, it was really powerful. And they began seeing me as the person. So in my local community, like I was the person in Las Vegas at the time. And when Clubhouse came around, I don't know if you guys ever went on Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah you're there. Okay. So when Clubhouse came around during the pandemic, like things were getting a little rocky in business, right? Everyone was scared about spending money. And so I was on Clubhouse and I just put in my bio that I help real estate professionals build their personal brands. I help them show up. I help them call in leads. And I showed up in rooms pretty much every single day on Clubhouse. I built a lot of amazing relationships that still serve me till till today, like really strong relationships from that app. And I was in a room that Sirhant was hosting one day. And so the Sirhant team was hosting it. And one of my friends, Ray Ellen, I don't know if y'all know Ray Ellen, he's in Arkansas. He raised his hand in the room and he asked a question. I was like, I got this question. Like that question was made for me. Right. And so even though he was asking the team at Sirhant, I raised my hand and I chimed in and I schooled him. I was like, this, 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 this is exactly what you need to do. You're wasting your time with that. Like I just told him everything. Mm. And Within 30 seconds, I had a DM from the president of Sirhant Ventures who said, hey, we need to talk. And within a few weeks, I was wor- working as a consultant with um, Sirhant. And within two months of that, I was speaking at a mastermind in Las Vegas in a penthouse and speaking with Ryan about social media. Incredible. And it's crazy because people are afraid to, one, own their expertise Two, they're afraid to niche down. They're afraid to say, hey, I'm an expert in this particular market or with this particular type of buyer or seller because they think that means that they're leaving people out. But you know what? At the end of the day, what I learned is that I don't give a shit who I leave out. I serve the people who I serve very well and they know me for it. And I also worked with other people this year, right? Like I worked with a boutique owner and I worked with a burger joint called smash me baby burgers like people will still ask me to work with them they'll say hey i know you specialize in real estate professionals but can you help me and then i get to decide if i want to work with them or not Mm -hmm. and so what i think that why i like to tell the story is because most people make it harder in their mind than it actually is you just need to show up and own your expertise over and over again till everyone in the room also believes it yeah yeah And the weird thing about it is that 
you know, the people that are going to hate on you first are your friends and family. And I like to tell you that because they feel like they know you so well that they can't embrace a new version of you because they're like, that's not you. Right. And I think that because I was on Clubhouse and because I was like in this app, in this other world, I didn't feel, yeah, without my friends and without my family, I didn't feel that as much as I did previously on Facebook or Instagram. And because I didn't feel that and I felt the power of not feeling that, I've taken that with me the last three years, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, I mean, that's something I struggled with. Like when we first started doing this podcast 50 something episodes ago, Yeah, you know, my buddies would be like, dude, that's the last Joe thing Rogan. this world needs is another podcast. Like what, like, what are you even like, doing? What do you think you're like, you know, going to like, and I'm like, listen, I, I don't think we're, you know, uh, changing the world. Um, you might, you might change someone's world. Yeah. But no, I, I would say like, we've already had like an impact on a lot of different agents and realtors yep. and other people in the business. So yeah, no. And it's the same reason though, too. People like don't want to, people want to, it's so much easier for salespeople to work with people they've never met before strangers than to sometimes mm-hmm. work with like their own family or their own friends yeah. because it, it just makes things a little bit difficult. But I think the lesson I learned from that conversation was just that, you know, you were putting yourself out there on Clubhouse, which of course you're not getting paid for. You're just sharing no. that information just because you're good at what you do and you're trying to help people. And of course it came back to, to help you. Absolutely. And put you in a, in a position that, um, you know, has gotten you where you are today. So that's awesome. Totally. Yeah. So walk us through the steps like when you're, so now that you're brand strategist, at Telex yep. Sirhan, how are you working with these agents? Are you working with them one-on-one? Are you working with them in a group yep. setting? And talk us, like walk us through the steps that you would take with an agent that wants to, to build their totally. brand. So I specifically work um, with a pro branding program. So Ryan has a program where agents get one-on-one support. So yes, I do work with agents one-on-one. And then he also hosts a week, I'm sorry, a monthly Q&A call where we all get on Zoom together and people ask Ryan questions. And then every week there's other support for anyone who's a pro member. So they get to watch a webinar teaching them about Instagram or a webinar about email marketing or things like that. So there's lots of really cool perks of being a pro member. And um, as a brand strategist, I am assigned real estate agents that I work with one-on-one and we do things like define your mission and values, define your target audience, figure out what you're currently doing on social media, what's working, what's not working there. Mm. Are you leveraging emails? Are you, what kind of marketing are you using? Are you hosting events in your community? What does that look like? Do you have a podcast? How's that going? We just really think about your brand as a whole and all the ways that you're communicating your brand to the world. And what I find is typically agents aren't doing any of that. They haven't thought of any of that. And so I help them to hone in on what their message is and then how to communicate that message and what platform makes the most sense for them. Great. You know, the one thing that you said a little earlier that resonated with me a lot is you, you put yourself out there in terms of who you wanted to be without any judgment, and then you attracted and manifested the life that you wanted. So essentially, is it fair to say you're living a dream kind of lifestyle that you'd want? A hundred percent. I'm living a dream. Like <laughs> in so many ways, I can't yeah. even, I, I don't, wouldn't even know where to start to tell you that I'm living the dream, but I always wanted to live by the water. I now live in San Diego, California. I always wanted to travel for work. My husband calls me out on this one. So I just got married six months ago, less than six months ago. Congratulations. And my, thank you. And my husband says, um, 
I, I don't remember this, but he says it all the time and he loves to tell people this, that when we first started dating, which is during the pandemic, so like probably 2020, he lived in California. I lived in Las Vegas and he was kind of like mm, hesitant about dating someone who doesn't live in the same state. And I was like, you know what? It's not even a big deal. I travel so much for work. Like I'm everywhere anyways. It won't even matter, you know? He's like, you did not travel for work back then. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Right. I probably didn't start traveling for work till like the year after. But I literally don't ever remember like thinking about it as me lying. Mm. I just like knew that that was going to be my life. That was the journey I was on. That was the path I was on. Everything that I was doing was setting myself up for being on stages around the country and supporting real estate agents on a bigger scale than I was before. And I just like knew that in my heart. I knew that in my soul. Like my body knew that. I guess I literally wasn't lying. That's just what it was. But he loves to tell people that. Well, you're that manifesting. Story. You yeah, I was manifesting. I was putting work. it out there. Yeah, yeah, this is what I do. I travel for work. Like this, it's not even a big deal. <laughs> Same thing before you said though. You weren't necessarily <laughs> focusing with solely on real estate agents and helping real estate professionals, but you manifested it and you started telling people. Yep. No, I help real estate agents. Well, it's almost like niching down. It's a risk that she took. It is. Right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's interesting though, because when you were thinking about you kind of living that lifestyle and I'm thinking about real estate agents, I'm like, I hate the grind part of it, right? And something that mm -hmm. you essentially, when John was going through your bio, it's like you provide somewhat of an alignment, but to get there, it's like you have to jump over a lake with a lot of alligators and fire, and it's very scary because you don't see instant results. Mm, ooh, so many things. I don't even know where to start with this one. Okay. Tear me apart. So, <laughs> start with the alligators and the fire. The alligators and, was, and fire. Okay. Legit. So, look, yeah. most agents are doing 20 things that don't fucking matter instead of the one thing that does. And so when we take away those 20 things that don't matter and we tell you the one thing that does, you feel more clarity, more freedom and more ease than you ever did before. Mm -hmm. And this one thing is the thing that's actually helping you to connect with people. But sometimes it doesn't feel like the right thing. Like, I'll, I'll give you another example. This is like a personal example. So on January 1st, we decided, my husband and I decided that we were going to get fit, right? We're like, we're going to be fit. We're going to be like, we're both about to be 40. He just turned 40. I'm about to be 40. And I was like, I'm going to be fit as fuck when I'm 40. I'm going to be the hottest 40-year-old you've ever seen. And so um, we're, we're in prep prep mode, right? So we're like, okay, we're going to you know do this high-protein diet and we're going to work out and do all these things. And one of the things that that this like person it's a tiktok thing one of the things that the person on tiktok told me to do is drink water like you have to drink water and in my head i'm like drinking water what the hell can drinking water do to like tone me up or build muscle or right like what does water have to do with it yeah. and in my mind i'm like water doesn't seem right so like i was skipping the water part for a long time and then when i was just like you know what he's the expert. I'm listening to him. I started drinking water and I was like, what's happening here? There's yeah. some definition like, huh? Water? <laughs> How is water the thing? Because you think it's about lifting heavier or running harder or whatever it is, but really it's like fucking drink the your basics. water. Yeah. And so that's what I like to help real estate agents figure out is that sometimes the things that you're thinking are the right things are literally not it. And it's something as simple as water whatever that is in the real estate space mm -hmm. that you need to be doing that's going to actually bring you the results how do you overcome that hurdle with your clients i literally tell them like i'm gonna kill you, you hired me yeah look you hired me for a reason yeah. you invested all this money now either you just basically might as well have burned that money or you can listen to me 
right? You hired me because you thought I was an expert, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. So I've seen transformations from hundreds of real estate agents around the country, the world at this point. And so if you hired me, you're committed, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. And just do what I say for the next 90 days. And if after 90 days, you don't see a change in the amount of conversations you're having in what people believe about you and what people are saying, then you make your own decision. But for 90 days, can you just shut the fuck up and listen to me? <laughs> That's the hardest thing to tell independent contractors. It's, 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 it's as easy as, you know, in, on the sales side, because we were trained with, you know, hit the phones, hit the phones, hit the phones and the grind part of it. And if you call enough people, you'll book eventually an appointment after you will. so many calls. You you will, but that appointment is likely not going to get you a ton of other appointments. Exactly. Right. And that's yeah. the difference, right? What's your personal brand that will constantly pay dividends versus one that just, you know, turn and burn? Yes, exactly. Walk us through what personal brand means to you. So personal branding is what people say when they think about you. It's how you make people feel. It's being recognizable, being memorable. It's being a resource for your people and they know what you're a resource for. Yeah. That's really what personal branding is. And I know some agents are listening right now and be like, how the fuck does that bring me business? But I promise you it does. It's, it, it's always interesting to me that like real estate agents, like you can make so much on each transaction. And we've talked about this so many different times with different people. I don't even think I realized until year three or four that I needed like a process or that I needed you know, like that I was actually running a business. I was just so focused on hunting for the next deal, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, if I actually stopped to think about, you know, maintaining a brand, a brand or creating a brand or actually realizing like, hey, if I just focused a little bit more on my process or or the customer journey, right? I'd, I'd build yep. a little bit more of a brand and get some more referrals rather than having to go back and hunting, you know? Drawing board, yeah, you're going back to the drawing board every time. More people would be calling me rather than me having to yeah. call but the one thing them. that you did say is triggering like the emotional aspect when they what do they feel when they see your name or hear your name mm -hmm. so whatever you're producing out there needs to trigger something emotional absolutely too. but then when you're thinking in a transactional base you're not thinking about emotions so that, that's like a big difficulty when you said that to me I'm, when you said that i was just like how do i do that unless i become vulnerable on camera and i know i can't be vulnerable on camera and that's like a limiting yeah. belief but it's a muscle that's, that's yeah and that's interesting and i feel like you know I imagine that since you've been podcasting for, for one year now, congratulations for that, by the Same. way, you have probably become more vulnerable because now you, you have to push record and you probably share more than you did in the first episode, right? And so this is a practice in vulnerability mm -hmm. and vulnerability, you know, Brene Brown talks about this all the time is like the key to connecting with humans and sales is about connecting with human beings. I always hesitate to use the word leads, even though my, my clients like to use the word leads. I don't even like to say I'm going to get you more leads because that seems so transactional. That seems so turn and burn. That seems terrible. Like I am going to help you build a network of people who know, like, and trust you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you build relationships that are going to go far beyond just the deal and actually serve you throughout your life no matter if you're selling real estate or anything else. I always like to tell people that if I decided tomorrow that I was going to sell women's vitamins, people would fucking buy them from me. Yeah. Because they know, like, and trust me. It doesn't matter what I sell. Yeah, it's true. One thing that comes very clear is when you're talking about no like, and trust, no like, and trust, I think of vision and integrity because that's the two things you need for people to actually want to follow you on your journey. But then that yep. also means that you need to document and share your journey. 
So yes. for people building their personal brand, even though they're not there, are you telling yeah. them to preach about like the, the journey getting there? Is it like a key? Yes. Part of show us behind the scenes. Absolutely. Show us behind the scenes. What are you doing right now to prep yourself for where you're going to be? And one thing that comes to mind right now is my first speaking gig, my first ever paid speaking gig. I think I got paid like 500 bucks, but whatever. My first speaking gig um, came because I was at a big event in Las Vegas um, and it was, I want to say like in the Cosmo, somewhere really nice, a nice hotel. Mm. And there's, let's say about 200 women in the room and there was a stage with like comfy chairs and microphones and flowers and it was beautiful. And it was the lunch break. And I told my bestie, I gave her my phone, and I was like, I'm going to go up there and take a picture with the microphone, like, on the couch, you know, like, go up on the stage and take a picture, take a picture of me, okay? So she went, I sat there with the little microphone on the stage, she took a picture of me, I posted it on Instagram in my Instagram stories, and within two weeks, I booked my first paid speaking gig, and I've been speaking ever since. Nice. And why? Because I always knew I wanted to be a speaker, I knew what I was talking about, but I just couldn't get someone to, like trust me or see me as a speaker and it's not that I had this full thought formed before I did this photo but I realized oh she saw me as a speaker Mm. and then she wanted to hire me as a speaker right yeah and especially for new agents it's like I always hear well I can't make a video if I don't even have a listing or like I don't I'm not working with any buyers so I'm like not even in houses like get your ass in the house yeah. Go to a broker's open, tag along with another agent, like do what you have to do so that you can get the content so that yeah. people can begin to see you as a realtor. And it doesn't matter if it's yours or not yours. It's like, how are you spending your day? Are you going to a real estate training? Document that. Let's see it. Let's see your commitment to your craft because that is going to build trust with your audience. They're like, oh, she's always grinding. She's always learning. She's committed, right? And that's really what most people want to avoid because they don't want to see they don't want to seem like a beginner mm-hmm. and that's what's holding everyone back you listening right now i'm talking to you you are being held back because you're afraid of being a beginner and you're never going to get over that fear unless you just embrace being a beginner yeah embrace the suck yeah you have to know Embra- I, I like to say embrace the cringe like exactly. okay sure you're going to make people cringe you're going to be weird whatever mm-hmm. but People can laugh at me all they want. I will laugh all the way to the bank. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if you go back down on your, you know, your Instagram page far enough, right? Oh, God. You'll look at some like of those yesterday, like, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, like oh, uh, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm growing and learning every day. And there are definitely things that I wish that I wish I didn't post or that I don't want my clients to scroll and be like, what happened here? <laughs> I mean, but that's just part of the journey. Yeah. And everyone has to go through it. No one gets to skip it. It's like your first car is not the Ferrari. Your first car is the Civic. We all know that, right? And so let yourself start there. And it's specifically hard for those agents who are making good money, right? If they're making half a million, a million dollars a year, they're like, Candace, I'm not going to do social media because I'm cool, right? We're good. I'm like, yeah, but you're still leaving money on the table because you're not willing to put yourself out there and look a little bit like a beginner in this space Mm -hmm. just because you have success over here. Yeah. You know, so how do you get people to rip the bandaid off and, you know, go into that journey? So here's kind of the beautiful thing about it. I don't really have to get people to rip the bandaid off. People are like, by the time they're coming to me, they're ready. Yeah. You know, they're vulnerable enough to admit they've been watching me long enough that they're like, I already know that Candace is going to say everything I've said here before. I've said a hundred thousand times. Right. So they already have heard that from me so many times in my social media, so many times on my podcast here 
wherever on a stage and they already understand that they're about to enter a phase that might feel challenging. But yeah. it is like anything else. It's like going to the gym for the first time. You feel like you're shitty and you are. And but you only get better with by showing up again yeah. and again. The one you gotta put the reps in. Yeah, the one thing that comes to my mind, I don't know where I read this or why it's coming to my mind, but it's almost like deja vu in a weird way, where it's like prof your professionalism is what's stopping you. And it's almost Ooh. like everybody wants to seem as if it's they're true. like professional in this certain way. Uh -huh. Because if you were to watch our first episode and I was watching it, I was trying to prove a point to this girl yesterday. I'm a single 28 year old, so I'm doing my thing. And me and John are both like this, <laughs> sitting on the camera, yeah. and our faces are both bloodshot red from alcohol. Uh, and we're, we're like, we had a lot of drinks before our first episode. It summons the confidence to have that conversation, yeah. but it's uh, it is true. The professionalism of how you want to be, you know, seen. No one else really wants to see you that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you want to kind of like take that barrier down. You want to feel approachable and. You want people to be able to reach out to you and ask you a question without them feeling like, oh, this is a business transaction, because that feels scary. If you can just open up your world to your audience and they feel like they're interacting, then it's easier for them to say, hey, I just have this question. I'm not sure if I'm ready to buy, but this, right? Mm -hmm. Or I was wondering, do you can you help me figure out how much value I have on my home? I'm not too sure like what the equity is. Like, Let them reach out to you, but they're only going to do that because you've given them the opportunity to engage and interact with you. Yeah. And so many people are like, oh, well, I don't want to share my personal life. And that is holding you back. Like, trust me, I don't share every single thing about my personal life. But you know that I was at the pool today. You know that I'm chilling a little this week. Like, that is okay for me to share. And it gives you something to talk to me about. I love it. Like, I'm going to where am I going? Greenville, South Carolina next week. And I guarantee you I'm going to get there and someone's going to be like, oh my gosh, Candace, how was Scottsdale? Tell me about it. And I've probably never met that person in my entire life, but they already know something to talk to me about because they've been watching me. It's awesome and creepy all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and just for full disclosure, you know, we were tagged on it. That's why it popped for up. Full and I was disclosure, like, let me, Kira yeah. was watching you. <laughs> was there binoculars? No. Um, no. So what's your thoughts on consumption versus like actually creating content? Because I feel like you can get paralysis by analysis. Like we've we're guilty of that where we'll look at like different things for thinking about creating something and you yep. find yourself like three hours. Not so many people results. just sit there consuming all the content yep. and then never I mean, actually create, never actually. Is there a balance there. or is there a formula? Well, I think it's I mean, a, but real quick. I think it's also the same thing as those people that just go to nonstop real estate events and never actually put it into action. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So many people. Okay. Um, I would say that you want to create before you consume. And if you can make that rule for yourself that you're always going to create before you consume, then that will be helpful. One thing that I used to do when I first started creating content is I, um, I used to work in an, out of an office and I would drive to my office every day and I had a rule. Before I got out of my car, I would have to make an Instagram story. It was a rule. Right. And I, someone told me that's called habit stacking. Like there's yep. a book that talks about this, right? Atomic I don't even know what's called that. There you go. Um, and I would just not let myself get out of my car until I did that. And eventually it literally became a habit. And now I don't even have to think about making stories because I'm like, obviously I'm going to put that in my stories. And so I think that most people are overanalyzing everything. And I'd rather you just push record and let us see a shitty reel mm -hmm. than not because you're going to get zero views if you don't post yeah. versus maybe even 100, 200, 300 views 
if you post a shitty reel and shitty reels lead to good reels eventually. (laughs) And it's important to have support from your friends and family because sometimes when you post something and they gun you for it, you're like, oh, well, it's actually, actually, I would say just um, block them. Yeah, I will block a bitch. Trust me. I will. Even if I'm you not, see them I, every other day. <laughs> like, I mean, sorry, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I had I mean, to block yeah. you. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, literally, block your husband, block your wife, block, <laughs> block your sister, block your cousin. Like, do what you got to do yeah. because they're not your target audience. Those are the people that are going to take that money from you, right? <laughs> Who's going to help you make the money and worry about those people yeah. more than what your friends or family are thinking because they'll come around, right? But they're not going to come around until after they see you on stage with Ryan Serham. But literally my mom just like maybe last month was just like, I'm really proud of you like all the time. And she was so scared when I left my job. She was like, how are you going to live? How are you yeah. going to eat? Like you're not going to have health insurance, just all the things, right? Um, and, and she's super supportive. So I don't want to make her sound, you know, like she's, she's mean or anything. She's extra but supportive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she, I mean, she, she was worried about yeah. me, I guess like As mothers should, do, yeah. right? Yeah. And... Now, you know, years later, she's like, I get it. I see you. I, I know why you did all of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and your family will come around and they will come to a place where, where they get it, but they don't have the vision that you have right now. And they only know who you were yesterday and the day before that. And they don't know where you're going. Yeah. I used to make fun of John every morning. We'd be in the office like at 6 or 6.30, 7 sometimes. He'd be in his car just sitting there. And then he's like looking at his phone. He never shared what he was doing until maybe like a week or two later. So I would be like making fun of him. I'd be like outside his window, like, let's go. Because I had go. the same rule. I couldn't get out of my car unless I filmed the but reel. But he didn't share it with anybody. And he's obsessed with having he, a backlog See, he'd be standing next to my, my car going like, what are you doing in there? And I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm doing my shit. I'm and then doing my shit. I would just make fun of him with it. And then a week later, he's like, I'm, I was recording like a reel. I was like, I had this rule. I'm not leaving my car. I'm like, oh, you should have said that from the beginning. I'll just ignore your ass next time. Um, but I think vocalizing it for support is a big thing too um, that people don't do. I think that you have to look to the right people for support in this area. And I don't think your friends and family are necessarily it. It has to be other content creators. It has to be other people who are transacting at the level that you want to transact at and who are doing it in a similar manner. So it can't be that person who's like loves door knocking. If you're Mm, trying to do it through social media, right? It can't be that person who loves cold calling and those things work and I'm not hating on them, but that's just not, that's not my lane. And so if you want to be a serious content creator and you want to call in leads on repeat and you want to seriously get off that hamster wheel and never have to worry about where your next deal is coming from, you have to get in community with people who are already doing that. Yeah. And stop talking to people that are doing less than you or not yes. doing the same sort of thing. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people because no one likes to say that you outgrow your friends or you outgrow your colleagues. No one likes to admit that. But the truth is that you do. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you don't love people. It doesn't mean you don't support them. But sometimes you need to spend your time with people who are where you're at or on their way with you. Yeah, no, that's that's golden. Walk us through the journey of one of the clients that like, or the average client that signs up with you. So what's the journey like three months in, six months in? Yeah, I want to tell you about one specific client. So one specific client, let's say he got his license in 2021 and he did no transactions. And he also like had, he also had like, you know, some income. He had a, he had a job. And then, then in, he met Candace. well, in 2022, at the end of 2022, he started working with me. And I want to say like October, November, December, we started getting him to think about his personal brand, his content, who he wanted to target, 
and we got really clear on his target audience and I was like, okay, we're only making content for this person. It's like a first time home buyer. Um, it's probably someone in the Spanish speaking community. Like he was really honed in on his, his target. And we made a deal that he was going to post three times a week. And we wanted more of those to be reels, but I would let him slide a photo in there if he needed to, right? And so three times a week, and he had to be in his stories every day. So let's say probably November, December, he started doing that. He had some deals that year before he even met me. And I think he sold in his first year 20 transactions. Some of those came from his broker or his team lead, and some came from him. Well, in quarter one, so we just ended quarter one not that long ago, right? In quarter one, he already had 12 transactions either closed or under contract in Q1. Nice. With his content, that is still not great. Yeah. To be honest, it's still not great. It's just consistent AF. And so this is, I think, really funny because he ended up being number two on his team of 20. And the other person who's number one has been an agent for 10 years. So it's like that agent who's a veteran agent and then him. Mm. And like all the other agents are like, oh my gosh, like, what are you doing? How are you doing that? How's this possible? And everyone's asking him. He was like, oh, so I worked with Candace. They're like, how much is it? So he told them and they're like, what? They're like, you paid that much money? And he's like, bruh, look at all this money I made. Like, this is an investment in my business, but they're so small-minded that they don't even see it like that. They're like, I would rather pay for a lead that may or may not turn in, into anything yeah. than pay for this thing that I see working, that I'm envious of in my in my colleagues, you know, which is crazy to me, but um, but he's he's gonna crush it. I, we're now working on upping his price point and getting him out of the first time home buyer space. I think he needed to be there because with his level of confidence at the time, but now now he's feeling himself. So I think it's a perfect time to really start thinking about moving into the next price point and figuring out who we're talking to next and what mm -hmm. communities we want to really target. I think that's a good segue. So someone, so give us a little bit more on that agent. You don't have to share names yeah. or of course or yeah, anything. Yeah, I'm trying not to. I know, I can tell. <laughs> um, what kind of content was he doing? This, this is somebody who yeah. hasn't done so any like content. A, now yeah. he's just so, getting into it. Yeah. He years. wants to focus on first time buyers. Yep. Is he, is he talking about, hey, here's the steps of the process? Is he talking about if you have questions? A little questions, bit of that. Yeah. yeah, good. A little bit of like, here are the steps. Like, you don't have to be afraid. Here are the steps. He'll, he'll say like, hey, if you don't have a social security number, no worries. I work with people who don't have that all the time. Like, he'll just like say it before the person has to ask because that makes people feel more comfortable, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, so he'll talk like that because he knows who he's talking to, he's going to solve their problem. And before they even ask the question, he's going to say, Hey, Oh, you don't have a down payment. No worries. Right? Like here's mm -hmm. what, here's the story of my last client who got in this house for $3,000. Let me tell you how, and he'll literally break down how, right. And so things like that storytelling. And then also in the beginning when he didn't have anything, he would just go to open houses and voice over a tour. Even if there's some people say, Oh, but there's people in the open house. So I can't get a video. Like film the video. Go home, chop it up, and voice over the tour after. You can turn off the sound, right? Like, there's no excuses. It doesn't matter if people are talking around you or in the other room. Yeah. And so just things like that, it's really not rocket science. And like I said, it's still not great, but we're getting there. And because his confidence is building and because he knows it works, like, I can't stop him from posting now. He's going to post. And I all, uh, another thing that I have him do is every time he goes to an event – he gets the coolest person in the room, whoever that is and whatever that means in whatever room you're in, right? 
You're in a room with the mayor, take a picture with the mayor. You're in a room with a top agent, take a picture with the top agent. You're in a room with Ryan Serhant, get a picture with Ryan Serhant. Whatever that means to you, right? If you're in the picture or in a room with an influencer, take a picture with them. Like that is going to help you grow because your audience sees you in community with people that they already probably know, like, and trust. Yeah. And so that's something that he's also doing. Another quick tip. Now you guys got me on a roll, but another quick tip is before you go to any event, go on your Instagram story and make yourself hype yourself up. Look like a badass on your Instagram story, because I know when I go to an event, 50 people are going to follow me. And if they're going to follow me, I want them to see in my story what I want them to know about me. Mm. And so I think about that before I walk into a room. Give me an example of that. I'm going to post a picture of me speaking on stage with Ryan Serhant just so happens an hour before this event. How weird is that? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Because I want you to see my credibility, my authority. I might tell a story about a client, like how this client went from 20 transactions last year to 12 in Q1. Yeah. And here's how. And then someone's going to say, Ooh, I want that. How'd that happen? Mm. And now their interest is peaked and they're going to reach out to me. Yeah. No, that's, that's, it's the same philosophy with like reels, right? Like, so you post a reel to capture them, to watch your story. Their story is what makes them like you to, to follow you for more so they can keep yeah. watching the stories. Right? Who said that? I, totally. I forgot, but it, it's so true. It's well, that makes sense for events too, because events are going to shake hands and they're going to look you up yes. on the back end. Like, like we do that. We did that all the time. Every event we'd go to pick, like, who was that person again? Just looked them up. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, Oh, right. that's, pretty cool. that's so smart. Any other tips you want to share? <laughs> mm, any other tips? I mean, um, in another small thing, like if you're a new content creator, just doing exactly what I did today, which is like post a picture of yourself and then post what you're doing that day. Because mm. I also posted that I sent out a contract. So, you know, I'm doing business, right? Like I put those things there on purpose. I want people to know what I'm doing. And so that helps people to see my credibility and authority as well. Sometimes it's like client meeting, client meeting, client meeting. They're like, damn, Kenneth has a lot of clients. How do I become a client, right? I'm just going to tell them what I'm doing in my day. And that builds their idea in their mind of how successful I am, you know, who I work with, that kind of thing. You know, there used to be a saying that says, uh, do, be, have, but it really is be, do, have. So it's mm. like you become that person, you do the activities that person does, and then you'll have the things that they have. And mm-hmm. it's almost like there's a trend in now all the conversations that like, you've had with us today that follow that same suit. So it's you're almost having to get them to get out of their own way, which is probably the biggest obstacle with every client you deal with. It's the biggest obstacle. Yeah. Yep. Well, this is golden. Can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast and what uh, you guys are working on? So you have those yeah. couple of things. Yep. So we po- we started our podcast about six months ago. It's called Not Nice Clever. And it's actually my friend Kat Tori and I. Kat Tori works with Sir Hant as well. Um, she is the pro chair. So she runs the pro program. And we love geeking out on marketing, branding and money and manifesting. And we just enjoy our work so much. One day she literally texted me and she was like, we should start a podcast. And I said, OK. And we we started a podcast within six weeks same as Um, us yeah yeah because it seems like the right thing to do we wanted to share our stories and we wanted to kind of like pull back the curtain because so many people will look at us and be like oh well it's easy for you candace because xyz it's like no bitch i did all these things yeah i you know to get to this place and now that you see what you see now you're you think that 
maybe you even think that I don't have struggles still. I still have struggles, right? But I'm just always going to put one foot in front of the other. So not nice, clever is kind of like our response to people who are like, okay, easy for you to say you have all this thing. Now you work with Ryan Serhan. It's like, nah, but we're talking about how we got to this place. And also we're not even close to done yet, right? Mm. And so the name actually comes from women always being told to be nice. Like you have to be nice. You have to be nice. And one thing that I've learned from a lot from my husband watching him as a businessman and from Ryan as well is that they're not necessarily nice. They're like, this is the way, this is what we're doing. This is the answer. And I think that sometimes seeing that helps me to embrace that a little bit more as a woman who is like taught to nurture and be like super accommodating. And um, my husband was telling me that like being agreeable is actually not helping in business. You know, it's like, be disagreeable. You're going to get more of what you want. And he's absolutely right. And one day he was talking to me about that. And one morning he's like, babe, like you can absolutely charge more. Like, I don't know what, what you're worried about. People aren't complaining about your prices. No one complains about your price, which means that it's way too low. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, he was having that conversation with me and he was just like, you don't have to be agreeable. And that word just really stuck with me. And I just stepped up and I was like, you know what, this is my cost. And the person was like, what? Heck no. I was like, okay, fine. Crickets. Then the next day they're like, hey, can we talk again? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Like I I raised my price exponentially just on a whim. And they came back and they're like, you know what? I saw what you did for so-and-so and so-and-so. I talked to this person and they said like, you're absolutely worth it. And like, I'm sorry that I was that way on that call, yeah. but I want to do this. You're like, sorry, like, I'm booked. Oh, damn. The power of being disagreeable and not being accommodating. And also, I didn't have the fear, which I think is sometimes hard. I didn't have the, like, I wasn't worried about losing money. I make enough money, right? Like, I don't need that client. Mm -hmm. And so I think that also helps. But there's work that's done to get to that place. And at every level, there's still that imposter syndrome or there's still that fear that you have. So it doesn't just, like, go away. And not nice, clever is the opportunity for us to talk about those things. Awesome. I like that. Awesome. Definitely tuning in. Well, I'm excited for you and I'm, I'm definitely going to subscribe. Is that, it's on YouTube or Spotify or I'm checking it out right it's now? It's not on YouTube yet, but we are on Apple and Spotify. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Check us out. We'd love to have you on one time too. We would love to be there. If somebody wants to reach out, collaborate or uh, potentially hire you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? They can find me on Instagram at Candice Carciopolo. That's the best way to reach out to me. Uh, my website is candicecarciopolo.com and you can put that in the show notes because someone's not going to know how to spell it. We will. We'll definitely <laughs> tag you. Yeah. Awesome. 